We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On a recent interview, I was asked this very simple question. What's wrong with the world? What would your answer be? What would you say if somebody asked you, what is wrong with the world? I'm going to answer that question today, and I'm going to refer back to G.K. Chesterton and the Bible. I'm Dr. Ever Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thanks for listening into the show. So as I said in the introduction, I was on an interview just this last week, and the person that was conducting the interview asked me a very basic and simple question. He said, what, what would you say if I asked you, what's wrong with the world? And it made me think back to a story about G.K. Chesterton, and when he was asked to write an essay with regard to the exact same question, it was the London Times. They wanted him to write an essay about what's wrong with the world. Now, if you don't know what his answer is, you need to stay tuned because I'm going to share that with you after the break. But before we take that break, remember that if you want to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. Remember that I welcome your subscriptions because that's the way we continue to keep The Rebellion going. That's the way you join the Rebellion and have a little bit of skin in the game. And it also, obviously, makes it worth our while here to keep doing this on a daily basis. As I've said a dozen times over, I don't do this on a daily basis just to hear myself talk. I'm trying to give those listeners out there, and we're around sixty to 70,000 listens per month right now, over 700,000 listens last year in 2022. But we need to build the Rebellion. We need more members. We need to keep the momentum going. And you participating with a little bit of skin in the game in one of two ways, or maybe more than two. Uh, number one, uh, your financial support helps it make helps make it worth our while, and that's how we pay the light bill, so to speak. But second, if you copy and paste in your social media, whether it be whether it be uh, Rumble, whether it be YouTube, whether it be Gab, whether it be MeWe, whether it be Facebook or Twitter, when you copy and paste your your favorite episodes of The Rebellion out there in your social media world, it obviously gets more people involved. So please consider doing that. It's very helpful, and I'm grateful. Now, also, if you'd like to buy my books, you can go to dreverettpiper.com. That's D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. On that website, you'll see that you can schedule me to speak at your church or your political event or whatever uh, whatever organization you have where you think it might be helpful if I were to engage with your audience, maybe help you raise some money at a fundraiser or whatever. So if you'd like to schedule me, uh, you can do so on that website. There's a tab in the menu bar that gives you access to the scheduling, the, the scheduling page. 
And also remember my books, the number one bestseller, Now to Take Care of the Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, and then the sequel to that, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. And then there's my first book, Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas. Those are the three books that you'll see on my website. And you can also access my weekly contributions to the Washington Times. I serve as a weekend columnist and opinion writer for the Washington Times, and all of my back issues are archived there on The Rebellion. You'll see the tab for that, for publications. All right, with that said, let's take an early break, and when I get back, I'm going to start out by telling you the story of G.K. Chesterton and what he said, what his response was when he was asked the question, what's wrong with the world? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to the Rebellion. So the story of G.K. Chesterton. It's said that the London Times, back in the early 1900s, was interested in G.K. Chesterton writing an essay. They suggested the topic. They wanted him to write an essay on the question, what's wrong with the world? Now, it's said that G.K. Chesterton responded in a letter back to the Washington Times, and his response was, quite frankly, very brief and very simple. And here it is. You don't even need to write this down. You'll remember it without even doing so. When he was asked to write an essay on what's wrong with the world, he responded to the London Times by simply saying this via a letter. Dear sirs, I am yours truly, G.K. Chesterton. One more time on that. When G.K. Chesterton was asked the question, what's wrong with the world? He said, dear sirs, I am Yours truly, G.K. Chesterton. That was his essay. Now, because of who Chesterton is, it really strikes a chord here. Because Chesterton was one of the most prolific writers in the United Kingdom at the time. Uh, There are over 5,000 essays and then multiple books accredited to him, published by him. He, He wrote about everything. He wrote about economics. He wrote about theology. He wrote about politics. He wrote about marriage. G.K. Chesterton was a brilliant man. It's said that he could actually dictate an essay to his secretary while at the same time he was writing a completely separate one. 
He could have those two flows of thought going on in his mind, and he could produce one essay that might be completely different than what he was actually thinking about and writing on paper at the exact same time. That's a phenomenal talent from a phenomenal mind. So his brevity should not speak anything but sincerity. He was very capable of writing a ton in response to that question. In fact, he did. He authored a book under the title of What's Wrong with the World? So he could produce page after page after page after page in response to that question, but in this particular case, he chose brevity. He chose to honor the principle of kiss, keep it simple, stupid, and not bloviate, and just keep talking over and over, perhaps as I am right now, about the same issue when one simple response was sufficient to make the point. He chose to honor the principle of less is more. He, he chose to be quiet and let the volumes of blank pages speak for themselves. The one simple, clear statement. The arrow, the single arrow that hits the bullseye. That was his intent. He just wanted to make it clear. We can talk a lot about this particular question, and we can offer a lot in response, as he did at other times, but he wanted to make the point of what? What was his point? Well, I believe his point was very simple. When we try to figure out what's wrong with the world, we need to look in the mirror first, rather than look out the window. We need to understand that what's wrong with the world is actually what you see in the mirror every morning when you wake up. That the biblical worldview is real, and that everything else is fake, and it's a lie. Because everything else encourages us not to recognize the evil that you see in your mirror every morning. And that the gospel the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the Bible, is the only thing that will fix this problem and correct our course. You know, I was asked this question just yesterday. Uh, it was uh, sent to me via a text. And the question is this, is there, if there was something people could do to get others out of a deep state of sin, what would it be? I'll read that question again. If there was something that people could do to get others out of a deep state of sin, what would it be? And then the person who's asking me this question goes on. He says, then the phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but not make it drink, comes to mind. But you can be there when the horse does come to the water. And, and I, I, I want to know what your thoughts are, said this person. Well, I want you to hear my answer. Uh, it's, it's the answer to the question as to what's wrong with this world. He's saying, is there something out there that could correct the problem of what's wrong with the world and get people out of a deep state of sin? And if that, if that thing is out there to correct the problem, the problem of sin, what, does, what would it be? Well, my answer was pure and very simple. I said, the only thing that works in the answer to your question is this, the gospel. And then I just quoted several verses. I said, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If we claim to be without sin, we make God out to be a liar, and the truth is not in us. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess Christ, we are a new creation. The old has passed away, it's dead. Behold, the new has come. And then the very words of Jesus himself, we must be born again. You can't just accept the fact that you're born that way and claim that that state of being, being born that way, is good rather than evil. I mean, the Bible is very clear 
There's no such thing as a righteous person, a good person. We're all broken. It's the consequence of original sin. So I guess if I were to answer the question, what's wrong with the world, I would say, along with G.K. Chesterton, I am. I'm what's wrong with the world because I'm broken. I'm not good. I'm not virtuous. I'm not better than you. In fact, there are days when I'm probably worse than you. But you need to recognize the same thing as you're listening to me right now. The point of today's show is not to encourage you to look out the window and blame everybody else for what's wrong with the world. The point of today's show is to look in the mirror and accept the fact that what you see in the mirror is what's wrong with the world. Dear sirs, said G.K. Chesterton, I am. I'm what's wrong with the world. So when you read the daily news and you see all the garbage that's taking place in our culture, I mean, it's very easy to say that what's wrong with the world is obviously big government rather than a big God. You could say that the Democrat philosophy of more and more laws, more and more regulations, down to the point where they're telling us what bathroom to use and what pronouns to use, and now Joe Biden is trying to restrict whether or not we can buy uh, gas-fired stoves and ranges. He's proposing rules on what kind of refrigerators we can buy. And now, I just read a story this morning that he's actually, his administration is actually getting ready to impose a new regulation on the manufacturers of washing machines, that they have to use less energy and less water in every given cycle. Is that what's wrong with the world? All of this big brother, big government nonsense where they're telling us how to do everything, what pronouns to use, what bathrooms to use, what washers and dryers and dishwashers and refrigerators and stoves we can buy. Is that what's wrong with the world? Well, yeah, definitely. That's wrong. And that is within the world, and that's wrong. We could go on and on. What's wrong with the world? Is it the selfishness of LGBTQIA, SJW, BLM, DEI, SEL, the alphabet soup lunacy of critical theory, and the fact that critical theory in and of itself encourages you to do the exact opposite of what G.K. Chesterton's simple response to the London Times was, Critical theory actually tells you, stop looking in the mirror, start looking out the window, and start blaming everybody else out there for all of the problems that the world currently experiences. It's their fault. Critical theory says it's their fault. It's not your fault. It's the 1%'s fault. It's not the 99%'s fault. It's toxic masculinity, says me too. It's white privilege, says people of color. It's everybody else's fault. It's class conflict. That's the foundation. That's the premise. That's the assumption of critical theory. It's the opposite of what G.K. Chesterton so wisely said. And we can fall into the same trap. We can say that, yeah, that stuff's wrong. And I do, frequently on this show. That stuff's wrong. But how did we get here? How did we get to such a place of lunacy, of denying reality, while at the same time we claim to champion science? There's another thing that's wrong with the world. It's scientism rather than science. It's Anthony Fauci saying, I am science. You must bow to my every proclamation. That's the antithesis of science. That's scientism. That's raising up ourselves to claim to be the ultimate gods of the universe, where we can define everything. We can even decide what a pandemic is or isn't. We can manipulate the information by colluding with Twitter and Facebook so that people can't talk about the reality of things like natural immunity, and using over-the-counter drugs like ivermectin to respond to influenza, or a COVID virus that's spreading across the world. 
ignoring the fact that there was a 99% survival rate from the very beginning. We knew that, but then making everybody panic and shutting down restaurants, shutting down public life, telling people they can't even go to church, treating churches differently than you treat the local nightclub or the bar or the liquor store or the mall. Churches under more restrictions than all of the aforementioned organizations and entities. Is that what's wrong with the world? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I could go on and on. I could say that um, the dumbing down of the definition of the human being to nothing but the sum total of human inclinations, passions, proclivities, desires, the gut, the libido, whatever you hunger to do, that defines you. Is that what's wrong with the world? Well, absolutely. That's a terrible worldview to define ourselves in such an animalistic way, that we are really nothing different than the dog or the horse or the cow, that if we're driven to do it by our libido, then that is, in fact, our definition of who we are, ignoring the fact that you can be defined by your Lord and not your libido, and that through the course of human history, for several millennia, the human being has defined himself as being different than the animal kingdom, that we have the thumbprint of God on our heart, mind, and soul, and that makes us different than the cows out in the field or the horse that you enjoy and treat as a pet or the dogs that show you affection and give you friendship. Are you different than them? Well, forever, up until the last five seconds of human history, we've answered, yes, we're different than the animal kingdom. We are somehow unique and distinct from them. And we've answered that question by acknowledging what the book of Genesis tells us, and that in the beginning, God created everything. And he created man and woman on the sixth day, and then he rested because that was the pinnacle of creation. And we were given charge over everything else to steward it because we were different than everything else. We were created in the image of God, the Imago Dei. And therefore, we were different, superior, exceptional from the Imago Dog, the image of the animal. So is it the loss of human identity that's what's wrong with the world? Treating women like they're nothing but a fabrication and a fantasy, taking bathrooms and showers and scholarships away from women, appointing Supreme Court justices that can't even answer the question, what is a woman? Literally, did you ever think we'd get here? Is that what's wrong with the world? How about the economy and the government manipulating the economy? Joe Biden's economic crisis that we're facing right now. I mean, as I speak, we're all worried about whether or not there'll be further bank closures. We've seen two banks in the last handful of days go under to the tune of billions and billions of dollars of loss. Will that continue to collapse because we've got arrogant people in Washington, D.C. that think they know more about how to manage the economy than what the free market actually does, that somehow they can control this stuff by manipulating it. But that gives them more power and control to just double down on their mistakes and their stupidity and their lunacy. Is that what's wrong with the world? How about racism and the fact that it's gotten much worse since we elected the first black president in the history of the United States, Barack Obama? I mean, racism, racial animus, anxiety between the races has almost doubled since Barack Obama. It's less, it's less favorable, less positive now than it was back then. And it gets worse every year. Why? Well, is it because we've started to fixate on the color of people's skin rather than the content of their character? Are we going the exact opposite direction of MLK's dream? Are we embracing a Marxist nightmare instead? Is that what's wrong with the world? How about the philosophy of Marxism, neo-Marxism? And that is, it isn't your private property. It belongs to the government. They're not your children. They belong to the government. 
that everything is controlled by the government, even the definition of things that have formerly been sacraments of the church, that the government has jumped all over the wall of separation between church and state, broken down the door, if you will, rushed into the church and said, we're going to start defining everything for you, even the church. We're going to take your sacraments away, and we're going to define what they are and are not. Marriage is no longer defined by the church and God. It is now defined by the government and power. Is that what's wrong with the world? How about the degradation of children and stealing their innocence? I was reading a story just yesterday about a school out on the East Coast. I think it was New York City. It may have been Washington, D.C., where a very prestigious school, a private school, people are spending boatloads of money sending their kids here. Just the, the parents just received a letter from the administration announcing that there's a four-year-old boy that's been attending a preschool at this particular institution, and the administration of the school wanted everybody else to know that this four-year-old boy, with the blessing of his mother, has decided that he's a girl, and therefore he's going to start showing up in girls' clothing, and he's changed his pronouns, and he's also changed his name. And then the administrators of this private school, a Christian school, a Christian school, I, I want to be clear, I'll say it a third time, a Christian school, the administration encourages everybody else to, to show love and compassion and affirmation by acknowledging this boy's decision. My land, he's four years old. Who in their right mind would, it, would enable that and affirm that and tolerate that? At four years of age, kids think they're Superman or the Little Mermaid. Is the next shoe to fall from this Christian school administration a letter that says, hey, we've got kids that now think they're fish, so we want you to acknowledge them, enable them, and affirm them. We have little boys and girls that think they have a tail with fins, a flipper, if you will, rather than two legs. So we want you to affirm them and their identity. They are mermaids. Don't tell them different. Or we have a bunch of little boys that think they are supermen. They think that they can fly if they just don a cape and jump, jump off the top of the roof. They can fly. They can fly faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. We want you to enable that. They are Superman in their own thinking, in their minds. Therefore, affirm them. Is that the next letter to come from this Christian school? Have we actually stooped to that level of lunacy and stupidity? Can't we see that by doing so, we're taking away the innocence of children? We're allowing them to make sexual choices when they're four years of age, that they think their sexual identity is different than their biology, than reality? There's nothing in child psychology or in common sense that tells you children should ever be given the permission to make such drastic declarations or changes as to who they are. He's four years old, and who in their right mind, what parent, this parent should be charged with child endangerment and contributing to the delinquency of a minor. This Christian school of all places should recognize that and say, no, that's not who we are. But yet you've got all these parents receiving this letter and nobody's rising up. Well, one person is apparently because that's why I read the column. But everybody else seems to just, okay, if that's what, if that's what we've decided as a people, then that, that's a good thing. You have drag queen story hours in public parks where parents are bringing their four-year-olds and five-year-olds and 10-year-olds to watch adult men dress up in drag and perform salacious pernicious, purient performances in front of kids, seductive, provocative performances. And this is a good thing? It isn't a bad thing? You have conservative communities like 
Bartlesville in northeast Oklahoma that doesn't know what to do about it can't just simply step forward and say, no, if you do this in public spaces, we're going to arrest you. We're not going to affirm you. Well, we can't do that anymore. Is that what's wrong with the world? How about the anger and the vitriol? Conservatives hate liberals and liberals hate conservatives. Is that hate justified in either direction? Is, is that what's wrong with the world? How about the changing of the definition of love to make love synonymous with sex and sex synonymous with love? Ignoring the fact that you should love a lot of people that you don't choose to have sex with. At least that used to be the case, and I would hope that it still is. Love is not sex, and sex is not love. They're two totally different things. Well, there may be overlap at times within the context of marriage, but that is it. And that you're supposed to love people, be selfless rather than selfish. And that the real definition of love was given to us over 2,000 years ago by the Apostle Paul when he said, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy and does not boast. It, It does not seek evil. It seeks good. The Apostle Paul told us what love is, and there's nothing about sex in that definition. But yet, we've allowed culture to redefine marriage, redefine sex, redefine a woman, and redefine even what a child is. Today, we're finding that all of the boundaries, the distinctions between right and wrong, good and evil, bitter and sweet, beautiful and ugly, have been blurred that we can't even tell the difference between all of these things any, any longer. Is that what's wrong with the world? Well, I think you get my point. Yeah, all of that's wrong with the world, but where does it all start from? Why are we in this mess? Well, I would argue it all goes back to answering the question wrongly rather than rightly. G.K. Chesterton was right. He said, Dear Sirs, with regard to your question as to what's wrong with the world, I am sincerely yours, G.K. Chesterton. Every one of us right now needs to recognize that we're all broken, that what's wrong with the world is what you see in the mirror right now as you're getting ready to go to work. That's the issue. It's the issue of the original sin. Succumbing to Satan's temptation when he came to Eve in the Garden of Eden and said, well, surely God knows that if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that you will become as God. That's the only reason God told you not to eat of the fruit of that tree. Don't you understand that, Eve? So go take and eat, and you'll become one with God. You'll become equal to God. You shall become as God if you just eat that fruit. Because when you do, you will know the difference between good and evil because you'll define it. You can start defining everything. You can define what a man is and what a woman is, what a child is and what an adult is. You can define everything. You can decide what fascism is and isn't. You can decide what bigotry is and isn't. You can decide everything because you know what's wrong with the world right now, Eve, is God's in charge and you are not. Therefore, take and eat. And thus, from that point forward, everyone, everyone, as the result of the original sin, was cursed. Was cursed with this selfishness, this self-infatuation, this God complex, where we look out the window and assume everybody else out there is inferior to us. Those stupid people, if they would just follow me, everything would be good rather than bad. 
if they would just agree with my economics, with my politics, with my theology, with my ontology, with my epistemology, if they just would agree with me, the world would be set right. What's wrong with the world is them. That's the philosophy of the original sin, because that elevates yourself to God-like status. You shall be as gods, because you decided what's good and what's evil, what's true and what's false. So my answer to the question as to what's wrong with the world has to start with me looking in the mirror. Your answer to the question as to what's wrong with the world has to start with you looking in the mirror. I'll respond one more time with Scripture. The verses that I read off to my friend when he asked me if there was one thing people could do to get others out of a deep state of sin, what would it be? Well, frankly, my friend's question is a little off, if you will, because he's looking out. He's saying, if you could do one thing to get others out of their deep state of sin, what would it be? Well, my answer, as you know, was the only thing that works is the gospel. But I don't want to encourage my friend or you or even myself to always look at others. Yes, this truth does apply to others, but it first must apply to you. The only thing that works is the gospel. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means you. If we claim to be without sin, we make God out to be a liar and the truth is not in us. That's a reference to ourselves, not just others. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm a sinner and the wages for those sins would be death, eternal death. But God gives us eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And if we are in Christ, we're a new creation. Behold, the old has passed away. It's dead. It's gone. And the new has come. Jesus said, you must be born again. And if you're not, and if everyone else is not, that's what's wrong with the world. We have to look at ourselves before we can judge others. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.